Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime, Big Neil, to my left, Neil Kulong. It is Wednesday, December 28th. We got a couple of days to count down into a new year. Want to welcome everybody to the program. Uh, Neil, how was your Christmas? Christmas was great, Lance. I, I hope yours was as well, and I hope that everybody listening in had a fantastic Christmas, holiday season, whatever it is that uh, you celebrate or why. It's all good here on the new standard. We're, uh, we're just happy that you're here. We're happy that you're listening. We got a big week in front of us, Lance. Big game. The Steelers have yet again found a way to make a bad team be somewhat interesting and relevant in December, and I have no idea why. It is called the game of football, and that's why we watch because it's entertaining and because the outcome is not always predictable and logical. If you guys want to chime in, and and be a part of the experience go to youtube and do a search for the new standard and lance williams or neil kulong also you can search for the podcast on any of your podcast feeders that you like to use google spotify apple pods whatever pods that you want to use probably even tide pods you can find us on tide gain or even cheer pods, any type of pods, you can find us. Do a search for the new for the new standard. And Neil, I want to jump into Neil's nuggets. And before we jump into this week and before we break down the game again, uh wanna send my condolences to the family of Franco Harris and to Steeler Nation uh on the loss of Franco Harris. Uh, any numbers or anything, any nuggets you want to jump into uh, from that game that uh, we may have missed, given it was a very late night and it was Christmas Eve? Anything you want to touch on that you didn't touch on from uh, from Saturday, Saturday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday I'm evening? Not, I'm not sure how different this is from what we said, but what I think the, the main takeaway from this game, one – They really didn't have a a great reason to have won. And the the thing that I keep coming back to, Lance, is how many times we said that last year. We are entering, if we haven't already, again into the realm of a team that doesn't do anything well except win games. I mean, do you realize this team is, is one game below 500? I mean, it, yes, really, I, I, it just yes. doesn't make any sense. They were two and six at one point. They got throttled by the best teams that they played. Should have gotten destroyed in, in a couple other games. They started a bad quarterback to start the year. They replaced him with a rookie quarterback who was not gifted physically to an exceptional level. Their defense lost its best player for a large chunk of the season, and I would argue he's not even close to 100% now. Yet they're winning enough games that they're, for me, they're a step away from overachieving. I said seven and 10 on the optimistic side. They're seven and eight now. And it's not as if the next two games they play are not winnable. Um, if anything, they should have lost to the Raiders the way that offensively, the way that they played. The offensive line, which I've been praising as of late, took at least a step back against Las Vegas. 
not a strong team performance all around. The run game reflected that to a large degree. This is a game that was in the elements, and they needed to be much better than they were. They were not. From a planning and strategy perspective, I'm not sure exactly what uh, the offensive plan was, but I did see Max Crosby destroying tight ends consistently. Not a guy who can walk with tight ends. Uh, We laugh when they do that with T.J. Watt. I don't think it's all that much different to say Max Crosby needs an actual blocker if you wish to to hold him off. He was a massive part of why their run game did nothing. Not mistakes you want to see uh, late in the year, but there were mistakes all the less. Until, Lance, until the Steelers entered that territory in which they go to a different level. It's not... It, it, it's very dramatic the way a lot of these games are turning out, but they somehow go above and beyond what they've been in that game, even to an extent what they've been that season when the game is on the line. Last two possessions of the game, they won. In, in Just in the sake of field position, scoring the touchdown in, what, eight plays, I think? Pickett was seven of eight on that drive. Played his best ball by far in that game. He was bad. Uh, it, a lot of bad throws um, blame the elements to some degree. It's just, it, it's as simple as that. You can't throw all that well in those conditions. You're not going to um, <clears throat> the skilled guys will get it done, but you're not going to dominate through the air uh, playing in that weather, that wind, not the easiest thing to do. Pickett played well at the end of the game when the team needed him. Now the fact the team needed him was largely because of him <laughs> throughout the game, bad interception ended his streak. Offense did not play well. They stepped up when they had to. Defensively, Cam Sutton made the play of his career to get that interception. Normally, we're talking about T.J. Watt taking over at the end, and you could see it. T.J. was he was going all out on those last few snaps. Not to suggest he was dogging it before that or anything, but he's a big moment guy. Uh, he wasn't able to make the plays, but they still had other guys making plays. This looked a lot like the Atlanta game, another team that's probably not all that good, but you know, you can't help who you play against and you have to make plays when the plays need to be made. And that's what the Steelers did. And it's really, it's a microcosm of a team that two years in a row now, in my opinion, has grossly overperformed the level of talent that it has. And that that's got to land somewhere. I don't think it's the show right now to talk about Mike Tomlin, but they're, they're well above and beyond what they should be. I know that. And they're not a good team. They could be significantly worse than they are. Uh, that's not much of an accolade. It's not anything to hang your hat on, but they're much better than they should be, in my opinion. And we that's saw like, that in uh, the Las Vegas game. That's like, Neil, when you said that it's like when you date a seven and you're thinking, you know, I hate to say it like that. When you date a seven and you say to yourself, well, at least she's not a five. I mean, you know, that's not really like what you just said is not really a compliment. But one thing you did say that is a compliment about this football team, and and we'll jump into the Donovan signs question a little bit more detail in the offseason, in the business season, what are your pros and cons of Mike Tomlin this season? But, and big up Mel and the brothers of Q Sci-Fi. And you know what Mike Tomlin's biggest strength, one of his biggest strengths, as a coach, and you were kind of talking about it is, and let me pull this up. He creates teams and players that have grit. And grit is defined as courage and resolve, strength of character, 
Here's the here's this example sentence. He displayed the true grit of a Navy pilot. His teams demonstrate a high level of grit. His teams have a have a character where they tend, you know, they might not be the greatest teams, but they tend not to break in high pressure moments. And for a team like this, the way they want to play, that's absolutely necessary to win games. But another thing you said is alarming because I think we clearly both believe that they are in rebuild mode. They are sexy tanking. Uh, they are treading and they are trying to rebuild this thing. And one thing Tomlin teams have also learned to do to the detriment of themselves and the fan base who cheer for them is they've become masters of being mediocre. Mom, that could be a good t-shirt. Mom, masters of mediocre. They've become <laughs> masters of being mediocre. They're yeah. never they're, they're not great. <laughs> they're not bad. They're kind of mediocre. They can they they make the playoffs and that's why they haven't won a playoff in a while. Is because they've mastered mediocrity where they they're good enough it, to get they, above they, the line they yeah they move up to mediocre <laughs> that's that's yes. what that's what they're in right now and I, we we've talked about this a bunch i i will say this probably during some type of postmortem of the Mike Tomlin era in Pittsburgh i think there were better overall coaches i think better coaches were more successful though not many, but I will say this, and this can be considered a backhanded compliment. No coach was better with less talent than Tomlin was. There were just more who were better with more talent, if that makes any sense. If you want, I think that's a great question, Mal. That's really where I was going with this. How do we want to define mediocrity? And in this, in, in this particular construct, I would say mediocre is roughly 500. Um, we can call it that. My opinion, though, is we, to, to put it into proper context, we have to define what could have been expected from the roster that they had versus the schedule that they had. And the last two years, this team has been anywhere from two to maybe four games better than what they probably should have been. Um, we have seen, though, in the past, and I don't always agree with this, but I just know that a lot of people feel this way. You give him a, a roster that that should win 12 games and they win 10 that that's fair criticism to Tom. I just know that right now, if your end realistic goal is to qualify for the playoffs with the roster that they had, I sincerely doubt any coach currently in the NFL would have gotten them closer than I think they'll probably land. They've, they've exceeded my expectations. Uh, maybe not so much in wins and losses, but they're a better team than I thought that they would be. And this is playing out very similarly to how I thought it would. I just didn't think they would be at the, the seven win mark by week 16. It's, it's a quality season from one perspective. It's a disaster from another perspective. And at the end of the day, the Steelers still just don't have loads of talent at marquee positions. They're, they're not a strong offensive line, though they're improving. They don't have a great quarterback, though he's improving. 
There are things that they need to do up front on the defensive line, though they have another all-pro level season coming from Cam Hayward. By the way, NFL Week 16 Defensive Player of the Week. Go, Cam. Good he on you in, for that. He was he was incredible. Oh, God. that He was a monster early. It was just like, holy shit, he turned the clock back like six years. He was unstoppable. They had to put two guys on him by the end. They're getting winning performances in games that they shouldn't win. And that that's – you have to put that on to leadership. He's getting these guys to play above and beyond what they are. The question, though, that I have always debated Steelers fans with has been – realistically how good do you think some of these teams have been many of them were not as good as people wanted to think that they are they just overachieved and the last two years while the end results haven't been great and if they qualify for the playoffs it'll be the seventh seed and they'll get bounced easily by some combination of kansas city buffalo or cincinnati in round one i'm sure that'll happen again but they are able to maintain a competitive team with the talent they have and continue to build. The duration of our show, Lance, has centered around sexy tanking. And they're still kind of there. I'm not sure if they've, they've grown enough yet, but they still need another offseason. This, this, this project has lasted longer than our original estimate was. They still need another good offseason, but they could be a lot worse than they have been. Yeah, I think they're going to need several off seasons unfortunately because you know i think when you take a, a a deep dive and you take a look at this team from a sixty-four thousand foot perspective they have a big issue and that's big plays on both sides of the ball they don't generate many and they give up a bunch in the passing game and they're gonna have to get that fixed but bef- to, to not belabor the point though the last thing i do want to say is just to the question of the pro and the con, what we're both saying is Mike Tomlin is a master of getting more with less, but not a master, but he gets less with more. Teams that are supposed to be great, sometimes they fall short, and teams that aren't so good, he gets a ton out of them. There is a skill to being a coach that wins with superior talent. You can easily mess it up. People always think it's very simple. Oh, yeah, you just got superior talent. We can go out there and win. And, you know, they criticized Phil Jackson for years. Uh, you know, He had Kobe and Shaq. But y- you can mess it up. You-, you can mess it up. You can underachieve. And you cannot win. There's a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure, and a lot that still goes into it even when you do have superior talent. Um we're going to jump more into that mail. We're going to uh, do this uh, segment and, and jump into that mail because it's an interesting question. Why is he a more with less guy? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but the number I wanted to jump into in this game, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if my number is is wrong, Neil. Uh, Boswell was two of four in this game, correct? Yes. He, he was two of four. Uh, he missed uh, a 43-yarder, and he missed a 52-yarder. He made a 44-yarder, and he made a 40-yarder in the game. Um, do we have a Boswell problem? Because the way I look at it, the way the Steelers want to play, and I think that's really uh, crystallized and become very clear over the last several games, they're going to run it a ton. They're going to win. They're going to 
they're going to play in an ugly fashion to try to keep the score down, really rely on their defense, and minimize the impact that the quarterback needs to make on the game. Don't turn it over. Run it solid. Play good defense. Try to turn guys over. Try to win it that way. Kind of an old school, ugly style. But but I think essential in that, and I think this is a good dot. This will dovetail into the game itself. Um, is Chris Boswell? <coughs> you know, Chris Boswell, fifty percent for the game. Chris Boswell this year is only fifteen of twenty-two. That's sixty-eight point two percent, which is last ranks last in the National Football League over the ten games that he's played this year. Is it official? Do we have a Chris Boswell problem? Should Steeler Nation, should the staff, should the team be concerned with Chris Boswell and his inconsistency that has cropped up this year, given particularly the way that they're trying to win football games? Kicking, it's so specific. Trends in kicking are, are hard to... Um, they're hard to buy into. And this is why kickers, you, you see them when they get cold, they get cut pretty quickly. It's not that they're incapable of rebounding. It's just that everything is so moment to moment when you kick. The only thing that matters is the last kick and the next one. Boswell, plain and simple, he hasn't been um, the, the type of kicker that we have seen. The difference really is probably one, maybe two field goals. Uh, that doesn't change the fact that he's what I'm looking here, six for nine in his last five games. Uh, he missed one against the Ravens in, in the loss earlier this year. Um, he, it, he has been, I think this is more prob- problematic in my mind, three of five from 40, 40 to 49, two of three from 50 plus in a game that is largely predicated on the success of the kicker from the 40 to 49 yard range going up against probably the best kicker who's ever lived and a guy that he's actually not having the best of seasons that, uh, that we've come to expect from, from Justin Tucker, we absolutely should be concerned. That does not mean Boswell cannot nail four or four and the, the Steelers pull off a 20 to 18 win in this game. It just means that going into it, it's not an automatic. It's not a lock. They've had issues with this. Um, Calais Campbell is one of the best, field goal uh, blocking internal lineman in the history of the game. He is very hard to stop. Uh, He is very large. He is very athletic. Uh, He gets a couple blocks a season. I'm not sure if people realize how rare that is, but there really isn't any player like him uh, in that regard in NFL history. Excellent at what he does. He's a load. That's a significant problem, especially when your kicker hasn't been very good from 40 to 49. That's the key range. And Boswell stats this season – show that largely because the Steelers don't have a very good offense. If they get in the 40 to 49 yard range, it usually means they got one big play failed in every other area and are needing to kick on third and long. Cause that's usually what ends up happening to them for the Steelers to be competitive in a critical game for both teams. One that is probably going to see the return of Lamar Jackson. Boswell is going to have to be, as sharp as he has been it doesn't mean that he can't but yeah i'm i'm absolutely worried about it 15 to 22 uh if we want to go long perspective here 15 to 22 is not bad um 30 years ago today it's pretty bad uh most kickers are are well above that 
he just hasn't had many opportunities and they've had some problems um, executing when they've had them. I'm not incredibly confident in that regard. I'm picking Baltimore in this game simply because, and this is usually why I would pick Baltimore, uh, they have a better special teams unit than the Steelers do. Um, Baltimore has always prided itself on special teams. They're very good at that, and that sets a good tone in a game like this. So um, Tucker over Boswell right now, I I think Boswell's issues are not going to necessarily just go away. I do have faith that he can correct them. Um, and the sample size that we're looking at right now is not very big. It's just that the last five games, he's really not been good. So uh, yeah. problem there for sure. Yeah, and, and, and Doc Holliday, uh, Boz is fine. He's been hurt. He'll work through it. He's done it before. Uh, Noah, Boz, this isn't nearly as bad as 20, 2018. Here's the thing. And and a lot of times, and, and this is the kind of the way that I frame the question. Uh, a lot of times, in real life, two things can be true. Um, but often in sports, we want to make them either yes or no, true or false. And I think in the case of Boswell, I think both are true. I think right now they do have a Boswell problem. Uh, he's not consistent. I mean, period. I mean, you kick four field goals in a game, you miss two, make two. That's not consistent. That's not the consistency that they want. He has not been consistent this year. He has not been as good as he's been in the past and the standard that he's and the expectation that he's created for himself with good performance. I mean, when you're 15 of 22, it's not good. That's dead last in the National Football League. So that is a problem. But what also what is also true it is what Noah and Doc said. He's fixed it before. And so you may have confidence as an organization that he will fix it again and that you have faith in Boz to get it right. And so you stick with him and you show your faith in him and you're confident and that will happen. So I think both are true. They have a problem, but I think it's a problem that they feel is correctable. But it is a problem nonetheless, particularly uh, with the way that they want to play, especially going into this game. And as we saw in the last couple of matchups, you know, one of the biggest things in this game, in my opinion, and disagree with me if you want, Neil, um, this comes down to the running game on both sides of the ball, which offense is going to run the ball better. And when you look at this game, over the last three games, um, the Ravens ran it 25 times for 107, 36 times for 249, 42 times for 215. In the last three games, they've run it for 571 yards on 103 carries. That's an average of 55, excuse me, 5.5 yards per carry. Now, over the last two games, the Steelers have done very well in that regard in terms of stopping the run. They have only given up 79 yards over the last two games to a paltry 2.2 yards per carry. What gives in this game? And from your watching of the first matchup this year uh, when the Ravens went nuts, what was the problem in that game? Is it correctable? And do you think the Steelers' defense in this matchup will be much better at stopping the Ravens' run? Um, I'm not confident in saying that. 
and largely because of the stats you laid out. They're not going to because they don't. And on top of that, Baltimore uh, wants to run the ball. If it's something you want to do and you're committed to doing it, you tend to rack up cumulative stats. Um, I, what I would point out that, yes, while they've had success on the ground, and they certainly did in the last meeting, they only scored 20 points. Um, you need to be balanced. You need to be able to do both things. And they did not uh, with Tyler Huntley under center in the last game. I feel Lamar uh, definitely will, will add an element to their offense. They might be able to put up a few more points, um, risk a few more turnovers, but they'll, they'll have more explosion offensively. At the root, though, and you'll hear the Steelers talk about this for the rest of the week, they need to be prepared to stop the run. Um, did an excellent job against Carolina, who I don't know how many turnarounds have been bigger than that in NFL history. They went from 21 yards uh, against Pittsburgh to 320 uh, the next week. Not something you see all that often, but it's a team that is capable of running the ball, for sure, and the Steelers stepped up and played well. Baltimore is as diverse and as difficult a rushing offense to prepare for and stop as there is in the NFL. That's a significant challenge for a defense that, by and large, has not been incredibly effective um, overall. Uh, they stopped Jacobs pretty well, I felt, on, on Saturday. Uh, you got a Herculean effort from Cam Hayward in that game. Can you get that again on a short week? Um, I don't know. We've, we've seen Cam play really well uh, in, in one week, get a short week, and get, you know, rolled over. That's going to be the game, though. Uh, it's going to come down to the Steelers' ability to force uh, takeaways based off their ability on early downs to stop the run and force the ball into the air. I don't think weather is going to be an issue in this game. doesn't look like it's going to be anything significant, anything that they're not going to be able to handle. So this is an even-strength game. Um, I think Baltimore is a better team. If Jackson is back and he is uh, uh, loose, he's able to go. I honestly think John Harbaugh circled this game and said, this is the game we're going to bring Jackson back for. We're going to make sure that he's rested for the next month. We're going to bring him back for this because we're probably going to be in good playoff position by this point anyway. And it's a game that it, at this point we're going to need to win if we want to win the division. Uh, they would have to win their next two anyway. This would be the game that you bring him back if he's rested, if he's healthy uh, and ready to go. So, sorry, yes, long week. I don't know why I added the math wrong on that. Um, hopefully Cam gets another day of rest. Hopefully they all do, and they were able to uh, fix some things internally uh, as they go. We've seen pluses and minuses out of their run defense. Uh, their gap contain has been okay. You get up and down performances from Devin Bush, which is – better than it was last year for sure um miles jack is a guy that probably needs some rest as well i think he's dying a little bit uh they asked him to do a lot early on in the season um i i am hopeful in their ability to compete in that manner but if, if you don't stop it on early downs you get them into third and three third and two there are so many different things they can do uh they'll eat you up they'll they will win situationally if you give them the opportunity to do it uh, first and 10 and second and eight are going to be the key things for the Steelers. They're going to have to earn um, a, a short stop on first down. They're going to have to earn incompletions on first down and try to set up significantly important second and long downs 
And if they're able to win those, you're in a much better position against a, a versatile um, and diverse offense. I'm, I am worried about Baltimore winning those early downs. If they do that, uh, if they set up third and four and in, they're a really tough offense to stop over the course of a drive, and they're capable of putting long drives together. So um, huge uh, – uh, a lot of expectations are coming down to the Steelers' run defense, and I'm not sure that's really where they want to hang their hat uh, at, at this point this season. In your, in your opinion, I mean, you've watched all of these Baltimore matchups. I mean, giving up 571 yards on the ground in the last three matchups, an average of 191 yards a game and 5.4 yards per carry. I mean, that that those are huge numbers. And when I watched the game, I thought in spells you would see a case of, you know, where the choreography is bad with one particular person. Some one particular person in run defense loses contain and a guy bounces a run. I mean, you saw it time and time again where, you know, seven of the guys did what they were supposed to do correctly. A couple of guys didn't do their job. They pop one. Um, well, I mean, what what what's your thought in terms of why the Steelers struggle so much against Baltimore? I know it's diverse, but they see it. They've seen it. Um, you know, it's a division opponent. They've got a ton of film on these guys. I mean, do they just have better players? Is it better scheme? I mean, if, if you could just narrow it down to, you know, a couple of things, why do they struggle so mightily? As we've stat, as the stats suggest, against Baltimore's running game, uh, it, there aren't many people that shut down Baltimore's running game. Uh, to to make this out to be a Steelers problem, I think is ignoring um, the significant emphasis Baltimore puts in its running game. Um, they've drafted and paid multiple players involved with the run game. They have uh, maybe the the best rushing quarterback in the history of the game. Um, until Justin Fields comes around. We're, we're all hoping that that pans out. Um, they, they bring in um, run-heavy, versatile, very smart offensive linemen that can play multiple schemes, and they have an offensive coordinator that excels in coming up with creative ways to run the ball. They want to run the ball. This is why they're a top-five rushing team every year. Um, everyone's going to struggle against that. What I would suggest, and this, this is tough, in today's NFL, but 150 rushing yards a game is a pretty impressive number. 150 passing yards a game is not an impressive number, and 300 total yards a game is not an impressive number. You can run the ball to a, a, a very high level, be very successful at that. That's what you're basing your offense on. And if you're not passing well along with that, your offense isn't going to do much. It, it's kind of a, I don't want to call it a choice because it's not really one or the other. You need to be able to do both. Baltimore, uh, conversely, has yet again one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the game. Uh, the great tight end that they can't get the ball to because their backup quarterback can't throw. Uh, their starting quarterback isn't the greatest passer you're ever going to see. Um, they've, they've missed time in their offensive line like they usually do. Ronnie Stanley is playing for the most part. He's one of the best in the game when he does. He hasn't played a whole lot the last three years. So you, you put all that together. They're not consistently 
uh, outstanding over the course of a season. But one thing they are going to be able to do is run the football. So for them to do that against Pittsburgh prolifically, like they did last time, they were 200-plus yards in, in their first meeting. They won 20-18. to 18. That wasn't a dominating performance by any stretch. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone. So it, it goes to show it, it's not any just one thing to look at. That's why cumulative stats are, are really kind of tricky. Steelers gave up a ton of rushing yards and not a whole lot of yards overall, which is more important. I don't know. It depends on the situation. Where are you? They converted third downs. They got chunk plays. They controlled this, that game for the most part. Um, they won on the strength of their running game, but it, not like it was a dominant offensive performance. Uh, a couple chunk plays was really the difference between 130 yards and 200. That's easy to say. They made the plays. You got to give them credit for making the plays. So um, for me, I, I honestly, I, I think it's what they do well. It's their fastball. You have to expect it. They're going to have some success with it because they're really good at it. But if you can neutralize it to some degree, you're going to roll. You'll be able to, to dominate them offensively because they're, they're not a dynamic uh, passing team as well. They're not good in that area. They don't have dudes on that side of the ball, with the exception of Lamar and Andrews, that can make differences uh, in 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 their passing game. Deshaun Jackson's playing for him for cripe's sake. I mean, when's the last time yeah. Deshaun Jackson was any good? It, it they they it, Marcus Robinson. The Ravens are the premier team in the NFL of drafting or excuse me, signing a receiver who's four years at least past his prime. That's all they ever line up that load up within their offense. Their hope was Rashad Bateman, who's an excellent receiver, been a big fan of his since he played at Minnesota. The hope was he'd be able to take on a Deontay Johnson level load for them on offense while still getting Andrews down the field to make big plays. Uh, he went down with injury, didn't work out. They don't have anybody to replace him. So their, their passing game is almost non-existent. They have to run the ball a bunch. Um, they are capable of winning doing that certainly against a team like Pittsburgh but if Pittsburgh can win those early downs more often than not set up third and long they can hold this team down to, to 16 points something like that they might have a chance of winning the game if they do that it's not an easy task against this team um, if Lamar is back and healthy it's really hard to do uh, we'll see this is usually how they end up though um, it's a black and blue game Lance yeah I mean what you're saying is I agree with that it comes down to situational football, particularly in this matchup. And rushing yards don't always equate to points. There's not the symmetry isn't the same where if you said you gave up 400 yards passing, you probably got blown to smithereens. If you gave up 250 yards rushing, you probably didn't. I mean, you probably lost, but you didn't get absolutely blown out. You know, yards per attempt is still a better metric in terms of predicting winning than yards per carry, but it's still a problem. And it's just very interesting that the Steelers have continued to struggle. I want to jump into, on the other side of the football, the Steelers' offense against the Ravens' defense. I wanted to jump into something that Noah wrote uh, we did a great job against Marlon Humphrey last time. Hopefully, we can actually take advantage of that this time. How do you think Kenny Pickett plays in this game? Got knocked out early in the matchup. In the first matchup, uh, Humphrey, uh, Pickens did have some success on Humphrey, played pretty well in that game, that first game. 
how do you think the passing game looks uh, with Kenny Pickett at the helm against this Ravens defense? Um, I don't know. It, it, honestly, um, I don't think their pass offense looked exceptional um, in the last game. That's because the Steelers quarterback kept throwing it to them <laughs> all the time. Uh, they got Humphreys on a deep ball. Um, got him on the touchdown, too, I believe. Uh, drew holding or pass interference on him. And the Steelers scored 18 points. You know, I, I, it, it's, it's the plays versus the 10,000-foot level. Um, you're going to make a couple plays uh, most games. Even this offense, well, maybe not this offense so much, but most offenses will make a play or two a game. Um, big plays are really hard to come by against the Ravens in a Steelers-Ravens game. Big plays usually swing it. Whichever team can land that haymaker – uh, at, at whatever point Baltimore did it the last time the Steelers beat the Ravens four times in a row prior to that. And they got that haymaker play. Um, I don't know if the Steelers passing game is capable of that against a, a, a good pass rush. So can they protect, can they scheme stuff up to protect pick picket in the pocket? Is he going to stay in the pocket? Is he going to get hurt again? I mean, we're seeing Tua drop every other week now with a concussion What's going to happen with, with Pickett? That's a concern. Um, a lot of the, the offense has opened up with his ability to run down the field. Um, I am, if, if you guys want to watch something um, that'll really put you in a good mood, Brian Baldinger on Twitter uh, broke down the Steelers' final drive uh, in their win against Las Vegas. Strongly recommend looking at that. You're seeing some great things um, coming together within this offense. Are they capable of playing in that fashion the entire game? I don't think so. Um, a lot of things need to go that way. So the question is, can he protect the ball? Can he move the chains? Can they hold on to possession for extended periods of time? And back to the original topic, Lance, can Boswell convert on a couple field goals? He's going to have to hit 40 to 49 in this game. That's just usually the way it plays out. Uh, low scoring, if he can get three, four field goals, I like their chances. Um, they're going to have to score two touchdowns along with that. That's just the way it is. I don't know if they're capable of scoring two touchdowns. Can they get a pick six? Can they get a fumble recovery? Um, a lot of things up in the air. I am just not overly optimistic uh, with the consistency of their passing game. We have seen stretches of games in which Pickett has commanded an offense that was very effective. That usually just doesn't happen uh, against Baltimore. I mean, we, we saw – the killer bees put up 20 points against Baltimore. What, what's Pickett, Deontay Johnson, and, and Najee going to do? I mean, that's, that's not, you know, close to the killer bees. I don't know how much explosion they have, and Baltimore knows that. They're able to, to, to play up to stop the run uh, and take their chances on the outside, and I think that's what Baltimore will do. One thing the Steelers have been able to do in the matchup, and we're both thinking that Lamar comes back. Reginald Rivers said, you know, Lamar might be rusty when it comes to throwing a football. One thing they've done with Lamar is they've been able to turn Lamar over. And as you said, you know, looking at this offense and looking at this game, it's one where you get big plays and turnovers and special teams in the kicking game really come up uh, pretty big in terms of who's going to win this game. I could see a scenario in which uh, the Steelers are quite effective against this offense and particularly against possibly a rusty Lamar 
you know, as he comes back where they might be able to turn Lamar over a couple of times. And I think it's something that they're going to need to do if they win this game. So I think that's a good place to transition into the predictions for this game. Who are you who are you picking for this game? I know you kind of said it a little bit, but uh, what's the score in your prediction? I'm, I'm feeling like 25-19, somewhere in there. A field goal-laden game, probably a, a two-point conversion attempt somewhere in there. That's kind of usually how these games play out. And I, I feel um, it, Tucker can kick. I feel more confident he can get back um to to a you know a four for four from deeper down the field uh, probably a little bit better than boswell can uh and i think they're more capable of getting a, a, a second touchdown against this defense than the other way around um baltimore is just a better team i it, you know i hate to say that because it's not like baltimore is dominant or anything they've got plenty of flaws but you want to get into to teams that win games they just shouldn't win um, it's not the matchups with them that it's uh, against them. They just they the way they play in some games, the way they come back, they're capable of doing that. There are guys, defensive and special teams players, that just step up and make plays for them every single week. Um, they're good like that. They're confident like that. I don't think Pittsburgh is quite at that level. Um, give me, I'm going to say 25-19. I'm going to stick with that. 25-19 Ravens. That's an interesting score. 25-19. So, yeah, I don't even want to do the math in terms of that that kind of weird field goals and missed two point conversions is what yes I'm going with yeah I'm like twenty five nineteen huh I was I was just thinking in my head how many games have been twenty five nineteen it can't be many um, I'm sure there's been a few I'm I'm gonna now that we're we're sticking with funny scores um. How about we go eleven to ten? Let's just go, you know, something really strange. Steelers Chargers two thousand eight. <laughs> yes, at Heinz Field, I was at that game. Eleven let's, to ten, the only eleven to ten regular season game in history. Let, let's let's go something strange. Let's go twelve ten. Um, let's go twelve ten Steelers. Let's go 12-10. a game which. Ravens have their typical success on the ground, but they're inconsistent um, in scoring areas. Get a field goal, get a touchdown. Steelers kick four field goals. Boswell is back, baby. They kick four field goals. Steelers win this game 12-10, to 10, and somehow their playoff chances continue because there is a scenario in which right they can win out they can win out and still not go right i i I don't know yeah yeah it's it there it's going to depend on a lot of things um that the last two wild card spots in in the afc are pretty much up in the air um i'll pull up the the playoff projections here but um yeah i mean it, it certainly can happen it almost did last year i remember saying on the air which would have been the greatest cold take of all time we weren't even going to watch the Sunday night game because there was no way that the Chargers and Raiders were going to tie, which is what would have eliminated the Steelers from the playoffs. And they came damn close to tying. Yeah, seven um, seconds. Within seven seconds of a tie. Yeah, the I mean, Chargers was... clinched. So you're looking at seven and eight Jacksonville, 
eight and seven Miami is probably losing their quarterback, seven and eight Patriots and seven and eight Jets, both of whom have tiebreakers over the Steelers. Seven and eight Titans, who are going to start Malik Willis and not win games the rest of the year. Um, and the Steelers at seven and eight with the Raiders at six and nine. So the Steelers are pretty far back. They need a lot of help. But you went out. Um, that means everyone above them has to win out. And yeah, I mean, it went out. Yes, yeah, like Bob said, only believe all things are possible. <laughs> Steelers will beat the Ravens and Browns. The, the uh, Steeler, if if Jacksonville, uh, Miami is the real challenge. You don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback, or if that's even going to matter. But at eight and seven, um, if they win two, um, they're in. They're playing the Patriots, so there's a loss coming between one of those two teams. The bottleneck of fourteen, seven, and eight. That's the Patriots, Jets. Again, both of whom have head-to-head tiebreakers over the Steelers and uh, the Titans, who also are going to be down their regular quarterback for the rest of the way here. Um, We don't know what's going to happen with Tua. We don't know what kind of team Miami is going to be. Um, We did see what Tua was, though, in the fourth quarter on Sunday. And good Lord, um, I think the kid needs to take a seat. (laughs) Let let Teddy KGB step on in, see what he can do. But – if the Steelers win both of their games, I like their chances. Um, there would need to be quite a bit. A lot of things would need to happen. I don't think. I don't think the Patriots. Dolphins won't. Not without Tua. Patriots play the Dolphins, so if the Patriots win that game and then lose their other one, they're eight and nine. Yeah, it's it's a lot of different scenarios. And like Doc Holliday said, since it's a night game, I think we'll know if the Steelers have been eliminated from the playoff yeah, hunt. Which is kind uh, of the idea. They, they're <laughs> kind of banking on them not being eliminated, and that very well could be the case. Um, we'll know, but there's value for both the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, and, and, and it's the Steelers-Ravens game. So I'm, I'm excited about it being flexed. I think that's Yeah, uh, I think that's a, a good move. Fun. Uh, I think that that was a good move. Uh, I could see a scenario where the Dolphins lose out. Very interesting season. And I think, you know, definitely in a business season, we should definitely jump into that question of Tomlin, more for less, more with less or less with more. You know, what is he as a coach? I think at his core, he's a defensive guy. I think the way – but I think he's flexible, too. He'll play whatever he needs to do in the style that he needs to win, but he's not afraid to play in a style uh, that's smash-mouthy, run the game, be tough, grind it out. You know, he's willing to get wins any way that he can. And, hey, Felicia, she said, I'm the homer. Should I be worried? We usually lose when Lance picks us. (laughs) But I've been pretty hot this year. Uh, Neil has been uh, tepid this year with the predictions, but so, Neil is seven and ten. I'm landing pretty close yeah, to what I yeah overall. yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. week picking in August is kind of hard. <laughs> yes, know, it is. yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I have to take some credit somewhere. Um, I've been a little hot lately, and again, in this, I didn't pick them last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked them last week. Uh, um, and in this game, Neil's picking the Ravens 25, Steelers 19. 
I am picking the Steelers 12 to 10 over the Ravens, and that's absolutely not going to happen. 12 to 10 is probably no way going to happen. It'll probably be a shootout. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so crazy to think, though, that 12 and 10 is like an unrealistic scenario between two teams that don't have good offenses and kick a lot of field goals. <laughs> There's no way 12 and 10 can happen. 12 to 10 yeah, can happen. Like, like, like they can't be that inept in this game. But, I you know, don't know. They, they very well could. I mean, it could be a game where at the end of it, they think both... of it like a heavyweight fight in the 15th round and neither boxer has a right hand. That's the way they play these games. They circle <laughs> each other. They don't throw a whole lot of stuff off. And, and when they do, it opens them up. So they're terrified of losing on the big play. They keep it conservative. The, the big play they hope to make is on the ground. And because of that, their entire defense sells out huge to stop the run. And in, in Baltimore's case, that didn't work out so well, but Again, they couldn't throw. They dominated the game statistically, certainly on the ground, and they scored 20 points. Yeah, so it's going to be another one of those knockdown dragouts. I hate that it got flexed to the evening. Makes it tough for us in terms of doing the show, but it is what it is. We will grind it out and pound it out. Again, I hope all of you guys had a fantastic holiday. Please bring in the new year safe and sound don't drink too much um hopefully a steeler victory um on, on new year's day it's on new year's day right uh yes yeah it's on new year's Sunday day not night, new year's, new year's eve night. so uh you know hopefully uh you know january 1 2023 will be brought in with a steeler victory that would be very nice but again i hope all of you guys bring it in safe and sound remember to like and to subscribe to the show want to thank everybody for riding with us this year in 2022 and we will be back next year bigger stronger faster and all that other good stuff and uh as always we're going to conclude the program big up to the bison i see you with your bison stuff and as always tune in tell a friend and subscribe go Steelers, and happy new year